So you all know that we believe fundamentally in self-awareness and relationships and some of these things that are often overlooked. There are certain aspects to building your business or building your team that are foundational and fundamental, but we forget about them because they seem so simple. And yet at the same time, when we focus on them, they change everything and they're intangible. Sometimes they're hard to measure, but we believe here at True Strategy, when you accelerate relationships, you accelerate results. And one of the things we talk about is accelerating relationship with yourself. How well do you know yourself? How well do you take care of yourself and coach yourself and lead yourself? And so today we brought on a professional who specializes in building habits and habit sacking and leveraging habits to grow personally and professionally. She has been a physical trainer for over 20 years. So she understands a thing or two about developing healthy habits. She is a health and habit coach with almost 11,000 followers on Instagram. She's producing content. She's adding value to people's lives. And honestly, I'm glad to say that she is a good friend and we are not related though we share the same last name, but I'm happy to introduce Janelle Trujillo. Janelle, welcome to the More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business podcast. Why, why health? How did you get into uh, training fitness? Have you always been a fitness buff? Oh gosh. Well, thank you first of all for allowing me to be on here. I am so honored. And well, I mean, some people say that the reason I got into this industry is because I have four brothers and they kind of pushed me to be really strong individuals, <laughs> having to be the only girl with four brothers. Uh, you, you have to be able to, uh, you know, stand on your own two feet and, and fight back if you need to, you know, <laughs> but really my fitness journey actually started, uh, fairly young. I've always been in sports and very active, but the reason I got into this industry was actually because I, at an early age at 16, I developed a eating disorder and it was really, you know, going back and trying to remember what was the, you know, what was the tipping point? When did I actually start feeling like my physical appearance was so important to me? And I can't really pinpoint it, but all I can say was that exercise and quote unquote dieting or starving myself basically was what I did to cope with what, what, whatever I was going through at the time. And, you know, I, 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 gosh, when I was 16, this was in the late nineties. So you can, I look now at our society and Instagram and, and any social media, TikTok and whatever is out there. And I just feel so bad for these girls who are growing up with this constant, uh, maybe even a reminder of comparison and all the things that I went through when I didn't have any of that. So when I developed this, um, you know, it was just really a dark place in my life. And thank God that um, God was looking out for me during this really hard time because I actually tried to commit suicide at 17 and it was not my time. God had other plans for me. And I remember during that time, the reminders of just how much I was loved. And I was just surrounded by so much love and so much acceptance and so much, gosh, peace that when I overcame this, 
I knew that I wanted to teach people how to be well. And that's different than being skinny and losing weight. Being well means that your total being is healthy, mind, body, and spirit. And I realized that our society was not teaching that. It was teaching, what is your waist size? Do you have a six-pack abs? Um, are you attracted, attractive? Are you, you know, it's everything external. And because I was thought if I externally looked the way I felt like others wanted me to look or I wanted to look, then I would be loved. And that was something that I really, really wanted to show others and teach people is it's not just about the exercise. It's not about cutting calories and depriving yourself. It's figuring out what do I need to do to live a healthy and well-balanced life? So I know that's a long story, but. <laughs> Such a strong start. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing in your story. There, yes. There's a principle there. You stated that your, your passion came essentially from your own needs, that you felt something internally and you wanted to help others that might feel that way. I don't want to. I don't want to pass on that because some people started their business with that and then maybe they've lost it or some people want to start a business and they don't know, you know, what they should do. And we, again, the things that are so common, we just overlook them and it's our need or the thing that we met for ourselves that oftentimes we realize that, okay, someone else might have this need. I want to meet that. So can you, can you share about that a little bit more that you felt a need? So then you wanted to solve that, solve for that or help others that might have the same, have the same feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like so much of the time in our society, and I, I'll say the diet society, because I don't think a lot of people know this, is there's about $70 billion spent on diet products. And 70, I believe the last numbers I looked up was 70.3% of Americans are overweight. And so it's not just the weight part it, that I want to focus on. It's the health because there's, you know, for so much we're looking at, you know, losing weight. That's not the point. The point is with extra weight comes other things like diabetes and high blood pressure and joint issues. And a lot of my clients, they're dealing with those things now. So it's not the number on the scale that we need to focus on. It's how do we provide the health and the overall well-being for somebody? And for me, it was just the opposite side. So disordered eating doesn't have to be, you know, skipping meals or counting calories to the point where you're depriving yourself. It could also be eating out of stress and eating when you're sad and not understanding the relationship with having a bad relationship with food. And so when I discovered that it was not about just the weight, it was much deeper. I had to peel back the onion and I had to figure out what was the root issue. And so that's what I find with so many people dealing with weight issues, whether that be underweight or overweight. And I have clients that are in both categories. 
So I discovered that we, we have to teach the mental and spiritual part of health just as much as we're teaching the physical. And that was a huge eye-opener for me. So that's when I really started getting in to the health and the wellness, the wellness specifically. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it is interesting as we're going to get into understanding your Enneagram type and what you know about it. And I know that self-awareness plays a big role in the programs that you put together for habits. So before we get into your programs, do you still train in physical fitness and physical training, or have you made the transition completely over to the habits and mindset side of things? So there's always going to be some kind of exercise or movement in my programs because I feel like movement is medicine and it doesn't mean it's, you know, hardcore hit training, but I don't focus on that. That's a tool. It's not the overall compassing all in all for my programs, because the reality is this, you can get exercise anywhere. You go on Pinterest or any social media platform, you're going to find free workouts anywhere. I have a YouTube channel with over 50 videos of workouts from 10 minutes to an hour. And the reality is it's not that we're lacking exercise programs. It's the fact that we're lacking the ability to do them. We're just not, cause we haven't built the habit around it. So that's really what I want to do is help people, you know, cause I have people who tell me all the time, I've started a workout programs in the past and then I end them three months later. Well, we got to figure out why. And that's, that's what I do. Yeah. Getting into that space and knowing that you were training, you've trained people for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. There has to be a ton of personal experience where you've continued to see that, all right, I'm training them physically, but there's something not clicking in the mindset or the mental side of it. Was there a defining moment where it just, you had realized that, or was it always a constant struggle? Well, the interesting thing is when I worked with my clients one-on-one, I worked a lot on the mental at the same time. And so I asked questions. I figured out what are the underlining other issues. And I think that's just maybe a gift God gave me where I can listen and people open up. And any really good trainer will tell you that a lot of the, um, a lot of the hour spent with exercise is also almost a therapy session, right? They're really telling you because there's so much, it's not just the physical. And if you've ever, I don't know, gone on a long run or done a yoga class and you just start crying, like I've had people have that connection, that mind body connection that they've never felt before. And so there's, you tap into both of those when you, when you move and when you can ask the right questions, then you can listen and so on and so forth. So, but really I knew I needed to spend more time. And so that switch really happened over a year ago when we couldn't get into gyms. Right. And I thought what a great opportunity to help, especially during that time, help people find other solutions 
because really that's what it was. And the one thing with habits is when you create a habit and your habit is disrupted, there's almost a panic. Like, I don't know what to do now, right? But if you understand yourself and you're very self-aware, then you know how to develop the same or get the same reward out of the ha- out of new habits because you understand who you are, what you need, and, and how to get there. So those tools are really what I help people understand because if you know how to build a habit and you know the science behind it and you know the building blocks of it, you can apply it to any, any place in your life. Right. It, it might be the chicken or egg conversation, but which comes first when you're coaching somebody, hey, let's start to build some habits or let's get you working out and, and losing the weight. Oh, habits, 100%. Because I've done it the other way and I will tell you it does not work. And that's what everyone else is doing. Everyone, I would say there's 90% of the exercise and diet industry is all about let's look at the, you know, what product do you need to buy to use every day? What exercise equipment do you need to buy and use every day? Well, you could buy anything you want, but if you don't use it and you don't take it and you're not consistent you're not going to get the results that you want. So it's about building the habit first and building it the right way in order for whatever your outcome that you want to actually uh, get sticks. And that's the key. It's not about doing something for a short period of time. It's about developing it so that it becomes part of your life. Well, some people might be thinking, well, what does that look like one way or the other? And, and we understood each other, but someone might be saying, well, what does that mean to establish the fitness routine or establish the habit? So what does it actually look like practically for someone to work on establishing the habits first and then getting into the actual routines and what have you? Well, it first starts with awareness. You have to currently figure out what you're doing. So in my programs, I set it up into four blocks and you look at your morning routine, you look at your work routine, your after work routine and your evening routine. And the reason I do that is because we go through life where we don't even realize what we're doing until we take it and we block it out so that we can look at just a short amount of time. So if I told you, I want you to be aware throughout your day and tell me what you do. You're going to give me general statements like, well, I wake up at six, I drink a glass of water, I work out, and then I go to work. And I'm like, okay, did you go to the bathroom? Did you make your bed? Did you um, shower before or after you worked out? There's so many things that we do that we're not aware of, or we're not really, we're not aware of. We're just Right. Going through life. So I may, I break it down to the every single step. Okay. What do you do after you brush your teeth? Okay. I floss. Okay. That's the next thing. What do you do after you floss? So it's really about going step-by-step and figuring out what do you do? Do you, do you, do you grab your phone and then go and scroll Instagram? Totally. Hit snooze twice. Yep. Uh, When you get up, do you actually go first to the shower? Do you go into the kitchen? Do you take the dog out? Like all of those things that just add up and all of a sudden you're completely led astray. It's, it's so interesting. I just switched uh, my routine a little bit because I found that there were certain things that existed in my morning routine that just felt like they were holding Mm -hmm. me back. 
And when I get up out of bed, I'm excited. I, you know, love to, to charge into it. Of course, your husband gave me the rhinoceros success <laughs> book and it talks about charging out of bed. Right. And so I've done that ever since. And I found that there were little things that, although they weren't hurtful, uh, they were just still slowing me down slightly. And so I found some efficiencies to continue to move forward, but those aren't things that people evaluate. Right. So that's great value right there for somebody that's listening. Hey, what are you really doing? Sit down and actually write it down. And of course, at the end of this, we'll have an opportunity to connect you to Janelle and she can help you really get in depth with those things. But my, my story, I think I told you a little bit about my fitness journey. I weighed 330 pounds as a junior in high school and I wanted to start losing weight. And the only thing, the first thing I knew to do was I would go to the gym every evening. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really know how to work out. I mean, I had been in football and what have you, but those are always group workouts. So how do I push myself? And I just made it a habit first and foremost, that I'm going to go every evening and I'm going to show up and I'm going to stay there for an hour and I'm going to do something to make myself mm -hmm. sweat. And I didn't have an Apple watch at the time. Apple watches didn't exist. So I didn't know how many calories I was burning, but you know, I just knew I would show up. And before you know it, a couple of years later, I was down a hundred pounds and now I've stayed around 225 since then. And so it's, it's been really enlightening since I've not since I've met you, but since I've learned more about your journey with the habits, because when I met you, you were heavy on the training side, and now you've developed this awesome program, but to evaluate some of those things that, Hey, if you just establish those, you stack the habits yeah. the night before and what have you a ton of value there, but you, you've continued to mention self-awareness. And of course, that's why I've been really excited, extra excited to have our conversation when I introduced you to the Enneagram, I know that you're a very self-aware person. You coach self-awareness. What kind of extra insight or framework did the Enneagram add to self-awareness and how you saw yourself or understood your actions? Oh gosh. I thought it was amazing. First of all, I'm a nine. So when I transitioned to working from a big box club to my own, you know, home office, I realized that because I'm a, I like, I'm a, an avoider, like I, I want to avoid stress or conflict or anything like that. So I realized that while I was developing my business, if I got stressed, I would avoid doing the work and go do something else productive. So I would fold a lot of laundry or I would you know, vacuum the floor. I would do something that allowed me to still feel like I was doing something, but I was really ultimately the reward of that habit was avoidance. Yes. And that is what, you know, going through the Enneagram and discovering that I was like, oh, that's why I do that. That's why I'm folding lots of laundry. <laughs> so that, I mean, not that the laundry, you know, didn't need to get done, but there was right. a, a time and a place for it. And it wasn't in the middle of work. Uh, the clinical term for that is active yes. avoidance. And it was interesting because people might hear about a type nine, the peacemaker, and the dominant struggle for a type nine is slothfulness. Mm -hmm. So shutting it down essentially. And that doesn't mean going to the couch and binge watching mm -hmm. Netflix sometimes. And more often than not, that means shutting it down and going into familiar habits right. or patterns. And so for Janelle, when we had walked through your Enneagram type and we kind of began that journey together, you had shared that story of, well, I would shut it down, but it wouldn't actually be shutting it down. I'd be very, very yes. productive, but I knew I wasn't being productive in the things I really right. needed to do. 
So I think that's helpful for some nines out there for sure. It's helpful for all of us because active avoidance exists with all of us. Trust me. There are times where I'm like, I really need to edit this podcast episode. And instead I'm like, I wonder which microphone I should get next. You know, it's like, but I'm still working on the podcast, right? right? That's good. Um, so for some nines they are like, well, I don't shut it down, but are you finding yourself in uh, sideways or, or, uh, behaviors that aren't really taking you anywhere, right? right? With the type nine, they pursue connection, Mm -hmm. right? They desire connection or bringing people together. Where have you seen that in your life and in your profession? Oh my gosh, that's everything in my profession. I definitely will say that the transition from working with tons of people around me to just me, it has, that was a struggle. And so I felt... I mean, thank God that we do have Zoom and we have all these other platforms to connect with people because that's what I really just relied on. And, you know, going into the Instagram and Facebook and creating relationships and helping people and telling my story and discovering that so many people are on the same page, either currently or have been. And it's just a great way to connect with people and build those relationships. So you had identified a bit of a habit that you had created, which was kind of the productive or active avoidance. Mm -hmm. How did you use your own methods to coach yourself back out of that and to reestablish habits that were more healthy for you? Well, I think for me, understanding, again, the building blocks of a habit, one of the things with a habit is you have to find out the reward behind the action, right? So So there's four parts, the cue, the craving, the actual action or habit, and then there's the reward. Well, I had already established avoiding doing the work by doing something else that I felt was productive. So I had to ask myself, what am I seeking? And so after some trial and error and figuring it out, it was, I needed a break. I needed a step back. I needed a break. I see this a lot in my clients and I have done this in the past as well is when stress gets too high, we go to the kitchen and we grab a snack and you do it mindlessly because you've now developed this as a habit. So you have to ask yourself, do I, am I really hungry? Do I need something to eat? Or am I trying to avoid what I'm currently doing? And so you, so what I do now is I'll step away. I'll give myself an actual break. I'll take a 10 minute walk. I'll do 10 minutes of yoga. I'll just go outside and maybe meditate or pray for five minutes and then come right back. So what it has shown me is that I can do something. Uh, I feel so much more motivated, I would say, to get back to work and do what I need to do to be productive in the tasks that I need to be productive in. And just to recap there, you said cue, craving, habit, and reward? Yeah. So it, instead okay. of habit, it would be routine. Routine. Okay. Yeah. Cue, craving, routine, and reward. Mm-hmm. And do you start with the cue or do you reverse engineer it from the reward? That is a great question. <laughs> There's some say that you start with the cue. So I've, I've researched both ways. Um, and some say you start with the reward. Now, I say start with the reward because you want to figure out what you're trying to get out of that routine. And then you can go back and you can figure out what the cue is. Because what you want to do, if you're reshaping a habit, 
you definitely want to start with the reward. So if you're creating a new habit, then you can figure out, okay, this is what my cue is. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a brand new, brand new thing. And then you create your new, new habit out of that. Wow. So starting with the reward, I like this because most listeners that listen to our podcast, as far as we understand, know their Enneagram type, they're familiar with the Enneagram. So Mm -hmm. the correlation here and and Janelle and I were such nerds in this, we geeked out when we connected on the habits and the Enneagram and all of that. It's like, oh my goodness, these go so well together, but I want to run through the nine types really fast and what they desire at a base level, because if you understand what you're, what you're pursuing or what you desire, then you can find out what your reward is or why that is rewarding to you. Right. And so the type one pursues being good or being right. The type two will pursue being appreciated or being wanted. The type three will pursue being or appearing to be successful. The type four will pursue being unique or not normal. The type five is going to pursue knowledge and having enough. The type six is going to pursue security and guidance. The type seven is going to pursue getting the most out of life or not being limited, uh, getting the most out of every experience. The type eight is going to pursue control and protection. And then the type nine is going to pursue connection. And so we can then reverse engineer and see, all right, and I'm going to use myself as an example. I know that as a type eight, I can, I will pursue control or protecting myself and protecting those around me. And I can begin to see how some of my, my destructive habits, I'm going to think about even just in fitness, right? I want to protect myself, right? And those around me. So in the beginning, I'm, 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 I'm trying to go back to that space when I was 330 pounds, I felt that putting myself out there to begin losing the weight gave me no control. Because now I can be looked at in a certain way, or I'm 330 pounds as a junior in high school. I was a big boy. So I'd be looked at sideways in the gym. So I didn't have control. So what I could control was staying home and playing video games, right? I can control that environment. And the mindset shift was knowing that, all right, I, and I didn't know this at the time. I didn't know the Enneagram, but I know now looking back and and, and reverse engineering it, I have more control by taking action to go to the gym to begin to transform myself physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And that actually gave me the long-term control. So the reward for Mm -hmm. me was control. And so now seeing, all right, I want to control my morning. I do the same thing in my habits. I wake up, I go straight to the cold shower. I hydrate, I get dressed, I go to the gym. I come home, I read my Bible, I go to work. And so in all of that, I created that habit. So Mm -hmm. I have control. Whereas I share my calendar with those on my team and they're like, your, your calendar is ridiculous. That seems like you're really controlled. And I said, no, I have the control because nothing goes on that calendar unless I say, right. And so it looks like I'm controlled by the bookends of my day, but I actually have more control. And so for those of you with your Enneagram type, you can go back and, and look at what you pursue and start to see, well, where is that rewarding for me? And, and maybe Janelle, you have a story pursuing a connection or for those, for others to not be overlooked, essentially the nine sits on top of the Enneagram. And one of the thoughts for that is that they are able to naturally empathize and connect with people, but also to connect people to each other. Where have you seen that surface in a positive way? And even, you know, that's a business? really interesting question because just when you said that I was thinking about my day and where I find the most joy is when I'm talking one-on-one with my clients. And it's very interesting because 
when you are, when you own your own business, it's all about conserving your time and your energy. And, you know, I've been to a lot of business schooling and classes that tell you, you shouldn't spend so much one-on-one time with your clients because the reality is time is money. And so you need to do more group settings and so on and so forth. But the reality is I love connecting with my clients. I love the one-on-one. I love to be able to listen and help them overcome things that are getting in their way of pursuing their goals. And so it's interesting because that is what my reward is. That's what I enjoy doing. So if I have a day that's just admin, I am not, I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding it. I'm going and doing, I'm doing an extra workout that day. I'm so I definitely see how, because I am a nine and because connections are so important to me, how I need to fill my day with a few one-on-one clients so I can get that reward. And it really, it it fires me up to do the things that the other things that I need to get done for my business. That's a great lead into energy management and essentially learning more about growing and starting a business. And our flow when we have guests is, is pretty similar each time, although it looks very different. It's, it's understanding your story, application of the Enneagram, and then also application to building a business or understanding building a business. So you're talking about energy management there. You've built multiple businesses now from the ground up, from building your clientele with fitness and then moving from Albuquerque to Seattle and having to build all over again and these things. So walk us through your mindset when starting a business. Oh my goodness. Well, I would say first and foremost, you have to have people in your corner and around you that know more than you do. I, just like I said before, I'm all about the connection with people. So that is a strength of mine. So I do it well. Numbers and all that other stuff when it comes to business, not my strength. Now, 10, 15 years ago, when I was, you know, applying for management jobs and doing all that, of course, I would, I know everything about everything. As you get older, I am, I have no shame and no pride to say, I don't know. And I, ask for help and I get, you know, I, I pay for coaching and I do what I need to do to elevate myself when it comes to business. So I would definitely say the things that you don't know, it's okay not to know, ask for help, listen to, to podcasts like this and listen to other business building podcasts that help you start becoming aware of what you need to ask for help with and lean on your strengths, lean on your strengths. And I say this a lot to my clients, celebrate the small wins because when you are starting a business, it is a roller coaster ride. You're going to have great months and you're going to have not so great months, but you focus on the process. And this is again, so much correlates with what I do when it comes to business when you focus on the process and doing something every single day to move the needle, it motivates you and drives you to continue to do it. If you're always focusing on the numbers and you're going to have a bad month, that month you're going to 
not want to do anything. And so always focus on the process. If you have somebody that is super encouraging and knows business and helps you navigate through those months that are maybe not so good, I would definitely say keep close by to that those people because they will help uh, carry you on the on the times that are not so good. So that's yeah. that's my advice. Yeah, no, that's great, absolutely. Because there's a, a saying, and I like to say this, especially when I'm speaking now in front of very strong leaders. Uh, you can't teach a fool anything; they already know everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have to check ourselves to never be that fool and, and it happens. And I'm sure you encounter it as you're looking at taking on new clients and all of a sudden they're the professional in the habits and you're thinking, well, why do you have me here? Maybe we shouldn't work together. Right. And, and so everyone can, everyone can, can go and learn these things, but you all, you have to truly want to be humble. And I love that. That's your advice. Hey, humble yourself to, to say, I want to learn. It was, I believe Socrates on his deathbed that said, the only thing I know is that I know mm. nothing, right? And he was a philosopher. And then Proverbs 29, 23 says, pride ends in humiliation while humility mm-hmm. brings honor. So to say, hey, I, I don't know, but I want to learn. I want to grow. And you hit on a great point as well. Know your strengths, maximize on those strengths, and then surround yourself with other people to work to your weaknesses or growth opportunities. It's huge. Well, I love that uh, we've had the time now to understand. And even just now in the time that we've been together, I guarantee that people have got some nuggets in how to build some healthy habits and to go through the processes that you've already shared, but people are going to want to engage with you more. I know that to be true. So what does the process look like for engaging with you to actually go through your habit building? Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram at Janelle for health. I also have a Facebook group, uh, just my first name, Janelle Trujillo that I'm very active on. And you can message me, you can DM me. We, I set up a complimentary discovery call with every single one of my clients. We talk about where they're currently at, how they got to that point, where they want to be, and we navigate what the best process and best program would be for them. And everything is custom made. And I'm very one-on-one, as I said before, with my clients. That is so much value there, folks. If you are interested in that, I, I, I couldn't encourage you more to take Janelle up on that opportunity, especially as she is so personally involved with people. Personal is so powerful today. I have one more question, Janelle. How important is community or growing with other people? Oh my gosh, it's everything. Everything is about building relationships and connecting with others and really building your network. I can't I can't really stress that enough. And I will say anybody who is building their own business and working alone to start, keep connecting with people and get out there. Now that things are opening up, get out there, get out there and network as, as much as you can. Thank you for that. And I ask that because we at True Strategy believe when you accelerate relationships, you accelerate results. Anything you want to accomplish starts with a relationship. Even my friendship with Janelle and having her on the podcast now and all the value she's bringing to all of you listening, that started with a relationship. Follow her on Instagram, on YouTube, Janelle number four, 
health and she's going to add value right away. I've not met a professional that adds more value up front than Janelle. And it just shows her heart to serve other people. So final words of encouragement, Janelle, before we go, I just, I want, I want more out of you, but I know we got to wrap up. (laughs) I would definitely go back to celebrate the small wins. I feel like everybody can do something every day and it doesn't have to be huge. And I would also say, start with your mindset. It all starts with the mindset. So that would be my, my two, my two gems for today. Great advice. Thank you all for joining us again. Thank you, Janelle. It's been a pleasure. Always love our conversations. I wish I could hit record on every one of them because I always become a better person spending time with you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for joining us again. More than numbers, Enneagram for business. Thank you.